0: This is Ham College, Episode 32, for August 31st, 2017. Ham College is brought to you by ICOM. Heard it? Worked it? Logged it? Let ICOM help you make as many contacts as possible. And by hamstudy.org, a great way to study for your next license exam. Welcome to another episode of Ham College. I'm Elmer Thomas. <laughs> <laughs> I was,
1: was going to say I'm Elmer Fudd, but I'm I'm, <laughs> uh, I'm Tommy.
0: And it's good to be back tonight. You know, we got a hurricane going on out in the Gulf, uh, hitting uh, Texas. Yeah, as just we speak.
1: Uh, yeah, a little bit between uh, Houston and Corpus Christi, right? Mm-hmm. But, um,
0: yep. Yeah,
1: Hurricane Harvey. The-
0: We've got a, a radio tuned over here to the Hurricane Watchnet 40 meter frequency. Yeah. We were listening in a little earlier, um, you know, just to what was going on there, so um unfortunately, we're not going to be able to keep that radio here that long, Tommy.
1: Yep. Guess we'll give it away.
0: I think we will. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. Uh yeah, we'll just leave it at that. We'll that, talk about be, it a little bit that'd be later. Good. Well, what did we talk about last month?
1: Uh, we talked a lot about the band plan, and I believe we talked about uh, resistors. We did resistance is futile.
0: Yep, we talked about both of those things. I think, and I could be wrong, but I want to say it's possible that I I told you last month that we were all done with the band plan questions
1: yeah i didn't really believe you at the time Man,
0: I, and it's a good thing you didn't because i was <laughs> lying Man.
1: we got more band
0: plan questions tonight but i th- i think uh, if you got the ones last week you're not going to have any trouble with these we're also uh, i think we got one resistor question left maybe i don't know why well, you know, we mm, should have...
1: Just one left over. Yeah,
0: we should have used it last month, but uh, we're going to get into capacitors.
1: Okay, that should be fun.
0: And we're, we're actually going to... Well, I've got my inexpensive old Tenma capacitor checker here. We're going to pull that out and just check some of the theory on these formulas and make sure that it's right.
1: Okay. What have you been up to, Tommy, since the last show? You know, just I really haven't done too much special. Just uh, same old, same old, routine mm-hmm. stuff. Well, I How went to I went to Huntsville Hamfest this past
0: weekend. Had a, a another good time out there. I uh, Shot a little video. This year I didn't shoot as much video as as we've done in years past. Did a few interviews that I, I thought were interesting. But I really got a chance and walked around the flea market this year and. I I think I saw most of all of the flea market. Yeah, which I've never done before.
1: I hate I missed that. I I actually I did have something going on because I went out of town for my son's uh, competition. Right. He was in the yeah. strongman competition in Alabama, and uh, so anyway, hate I, I missed that. Did, I was really counting on going.
0: Did they miss uh, lift any cars down there?
1: No cars. They lifted a lot of weights, a lot of beer kegs full of rocks and. All kind of crazy stuff.
0: You know. It was interesting. Well, it was
1: really hot, though.
0: Yeah. Too hot to be lifting beer kegs full of rocks on huh? mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
1: no kidding. Yeah. I'm not much of a drinker, but the beer kegs full of beer might not have been a bad idea if it was cold. It
0: would have been cooler than the rocks, yeah. I'm sure. Well, what do you say we get on in? Oh, before we do, we want to mention um, the chat room. You know, anytime we're doing any kind of show here on Amateur Logic, We've got a chat room going on, and where is that?
1: Amateurlogic.tv forward slash chat.
0: And if you notice us, look down every now and then, that's what we're doing. We're glancing down at the chat room to see what's going on in there. Uh, a lot of folks in there having a good time, and it's always great to have them there. As we progress through the questions here, they will answer in the chat room there live what they think the answer is to it, and we'll we'll look over there and and, and compare notes to see if we're oh, yeah. thinking of the same thing. So. If,
1: if you're watching the live feed here, the live stream, if you're not in the chat room, you're missing half of the fun.
0: Yeah. So, mm-hmm.
1: anyway, if you are, go join them over there. I think you'll enjoy it.
0: I think you will. Okay, first question tonight Which of the following frequencies is within the general class portion of the 75 meter phone band? A, 1875 kilohertz.
1: B, 3,750 kilohertz.
0: C, 3,900 kilohertz. Or
1: D, 4,005 kilohertz.
0: Okay, Tommy, I think you ought to be able to answer this one.
1: Okay, which is is within the general class portion? Then, typically... The general class is going to be the higher end. Mm-hmm. If I remember, 75 slash 80 meters ends at 4 megahertz, hertz. if I'm not mistaken.
0: Same as 4,000 kilohertz. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: So that that means D is not within. So I'm going to say C, 3,900 kilohertz. I probably just blew it. No,
0: I think you're right. I think you're right, and a lot of people in the chat room do. Not everybody agrees with your answer. So let's just take a look here and see. Traders. No, not not traders. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) It is 3,900 kilohertz. Okay. Let's uh, take a look at the band chart here, and if we look at the 80-meter portion of that chart. It's 75, but it's the
1: same as 80. It's kind of. Yep. Pretty much the same.
0: If you zoomed yeah. on in on that, what would you see? You would see this that's right here. Right. It does end at 4 megahertz. Yeah,
1: it does. And there's the general class. It goes from uh, 3,800 kilohertz or 3.8 megahertz up to 4,000 mm-hmm. kilohertz.
0: And generally, that's going to be the case on most of the ham bands. If you're a general, you're going to have the upper part of that band is going to be uh, you've got privileges for phone but you can see if you're an extra class there you're going to get uh, uh, roughly twice you get almost mile.
1: another hundred percent
0: yep there's more generals naturally than there are extras so uh, 3,800 to 4,000 kilohertz there that can get pretty crowded sometimes oh yeah and so that's one reason people would upgrade you know past general but a uh, uh, most of your activity is going to be in that area right there that uh, that you will have privileges for.
1: Oh, cool. Now uh-huh. that one got lucky. All right. Well, ask me one. Okay. How about this one right here? Which of the following frequencies is within the general class portion of the 80-meter band? A, 1,855 kilohertz. B,
0: 2,560 kilohertz. C,
1: 3,560 kilohertz. Or D,
0: 3,650 kilohertz. Okay, which is within the general class portion of the 80-meter band. It didn't say anything about uh, the phone portion of it. It just said within the general class portion. Well, we know that uh, the 80-meter band does not extend down to 1,855 kilohertz. That's going to be down around the 160 meter band. Uh, We also know that it doesn't extend down to 2560 kilohertz. Let's see. C, 3560 kilohertz. Or D, 3650 kilohertz. It's going to be one of those two. And I just happen to know... That uh, 36.50 kilohertz is within the extra portion of the the phone band that an extra has, but uh, 35.60 kilohertz that's down in the CW portion of the band, and any um, you know anybody that can operate CW in the 80 meter band can use that you know general mm-hmm. extra alike. Uh, I believe maybe even. Um, novice could operate there i don't know we'll we'll have to look on that uh, but i'm going to say it's c 35 60 kilohertz that's what they're saying over in the chat room what do you think tommy i,
1: I think that's probably right there you go nailed it yep no buzzer yet
0: no buzzer We're yet
1: two questions in
0: if we look at our band chart there uh back at uh 80 meter portion you can see there 3500 to 3600 that's all cw there in that red and this is
1: the general portion right here 3525
0: to 3600 Yep, 3525 to 3600 novice and technicians can use that as well sure uh, there's you some hf privileges if you're a technician got to do cw there though yeah So you can see 3650, the other possible answer falls within the um, extra portion of the phone privileges there on 80s, so you don't get that. When general class licensees are not permitted to use the entire voice portion of a particular band, which portion of the voice segment is generally available to them? A. The lower frequency end.
1: B. The upper frequency end.
0: See the lower frequency end on frequencies below 7.3 megahertz and the upper end on frequencies above 14.150 megahertz, 14.150 megahertz.
1: The upper frequency end on frequencies below 7.3 megahertz and the lower end on frequencies above 14.150 megahertz.
0: Okay. This gets a little, that's a lot of thinking to do there.
1: It is. There's a
0: lot of words in those answers.
1: Does this one's for me?
0: This is for you, yeah.
1: Okay, then I know the answer to that because I actually just said it a few moments ago.
0: Yep, I think you did. And,
1: and I didn't even know this was one of the questions. The It's the upper frequency end. When we looked at the chart a few moments ago, you could see that all the voice was mm-hmm. over on the high side of the band. So you're saying number B. I'm saying number B. And that's my final answer
0: well i'm agreeing with you i don't you.
1: need to phone a friend or anything no.
0: everybody in the chat room's agreeing with you i need so. some
1: better glasses though
0: yeah they don't work if you leave them on the table well they
1: don't work from there
0: <laughs> <clears throat> okay well hit me with your best shot
1: all right how about this what is the dx window in a voluntary band plan? A a portion of the band that should not be used for contacts between stations within the 48 contiguous United States
0: B an FCC rule that prohibits contacts between stations within the United States and possessions in that portion of the band
1: C an FCC rule that allows only digital contacts in the portion of the band
0: or D a portion of the band that has been voluntarily set aside for digital contacts only. Well, let's see the DX window and a voluntary band plan. There's your key word right there, voluntary. Voluntary. So it's in that case, it's not going to be an FCC rule. So we can immediately strike out B and C. We know it's going to be neither one of those. So it's either A, a portion of the band that should not be used for contact between stations within the 48 contiguous states, or D, a portion of the band has been voluntarily set aside for digital contacts only. Well, uh, the DX window is not exclusive to digital contacts only. As a matter of fact, I think normally, uh, I don't know on 80 meters anyway, Uh, The DX window is in a voice portion of the band. So I'm going to say the the closest answer I see there is A, a portion of the band that should not be used for contact between stations within the 48 contiguous United States. What do you think? I agree with that. Okay, it (coughs) looks like the chat room is too. And that's correct there. An interesting thing, if we look back at our band chart there and look at, The 80-meter portion of the band, the DX window starts at 3,800, 3.8 megahertz, and extends down. So if you're a general, uh, you don't really get to to get in that uh, portion of a DX window there.
1: Well, that's that's true. I never thought about that.
0: Yeah, It's reserved for extras and advanced. If you hear some some good DX down there below 3,800 as a general, better not... um, (coughs) Better not move down there and try to talk.
1: That's some incentive to upgrade to the next level. It is. You keep watching Ham College after we finish this.
0: Yeah. Okay, well, we made it through those unscathed so far. Mostly. Well, I've I've got another one we're going to try and uh, see how you do with this one. I think this sounds like a familiar topic right here. Which of the following is a limitation on transmitter power on the 1.8 megahertz band? A. 200 watts PEP
1: output. B. 1,000 watts PEP output. C. 1,200 watts PEP output. Or D. 1,500 watts PEP output. Okay, so some some of the bands are for some modes limited to 200 watts. I remember. But I don't think it was down 1.8 megahertz. That's 160 meters. I think people run old broadcast gear down there, so I'm pretty sure D is going to be the answer for that one. 1,500 watts PEP output.
0: Okay, 1,500 watts. That's that's what most people are saying. And the only the reason I
1: know that say that is because I because I said so. Because
0: that's the answer.
1: Yeah. I don't know how to rule, to reason that one out. Well, you got it. But I do know folks run some old broadcast gear down there, yeah. for AM stuff.
0: They do. 1,500 watts PEP output. Uh, referring back to our band chart there, if you look, the power on just about all of the HF bands here is 1,500 watts. And we mentioned that last week with the exception of the 60-meter band which is measured totally different, not even in PEP, but in effective radiated power. Mm-hmm. And there was one other band, Tommy, that you can't run 1,500 watts on.
1: I think it was 30, right there, 30 meters,
0: 200 watts. Yep, so you can't run it there either. So that, um, that makes things a little more interesting. 1,500 watts on just about all the HF bands there. You don't really have to worry about those two, 60 meters and 30 meters. Yeah. Other than that, you can run the maximum amount that a ham can run here. Well, we're going to uh, take a break for just a moment here, get a message from ICOM, and come back and we got some contests to talk about. All right. Heard it, worked it, logged it. Contest season is here. ICOM's high performance and innovative transceivers will help you make the most out of contest season. Continue your contesting momentum with the IC7300. Ideal for the ham on the go, it's a high performance HF transceiver with a compact design, RF direct sampling, 15 discrete bandpass filters, large 4.3 inch color touchscreen real-time spectrum scope, and SD memory card slot. The IC7851 will give you the competitive edge you've been looking for. Raise the bar and hear what others cannot with this HF50MHz transceiver, reciprocal mixing dynamic range, crystal clear local oscillator design, spectrum scope, dual receivers, and digital voice recorder. And don't forget about the ICOM IC7700 and IC 7600 radios. Both of these top the line transceivers are still available and sure to be the perfect companion for this contesting season. Visit ICOMAmerica.com/slash amateur for more information on all the great ICOM radios. We're going to give away something here, Tommy. What do we have to give away tonight? Tonight? We tonight, have. Like right
1: now. Speaking of swag earlier, we've got uh, a nice Icom cap and an Icom ham crew T-shirt. We're going to give away compliments of Icom, Icom, of course. Yeah. So, anyway, nice good T-shirt here. And uh, I still need to hit Ray up for another one of these. Yeah, you do. You keep saying that. I just saw him a couple weeks ago, too. I should have hit him up when I saw him. But, anyway... uh, how do you register to get these things again? Well, that's a, a mighty
0: good question there. And we got a website. No, we don't. We do have a website. That's we do not have one, but that's not how else. you get one. We
1: have an email address, though.
0: We do. And that email address is...
1: college okay. at AmateurLogic.tv. Get your name in the drawing for next month, and uh, you might win a icon cap and T-shirt.
0: Yep. And who no- won this time? No particular requirements. Uh, you don't have to be a ham. All you have uh, you, to
1: do is wear shirts and hats, mm-hmm.
0: and you really don't have to uh, have much in your email, and that's a good thing because our winner is David Hold K E five Z Z O, and all that's right. all that's in his email. He didn't <laughs> he didn't say anything else, but that's all he needed to say.
1: That's that's it says enough. Yep. Congratulations, David. Yeah, congratulations, David. ICOM will be reaching out to you to get your your uh, swag to you. We've got another contest
0: to talk about. This one, you will have to be a ham to enter. You do? You won't necessarily have to be a general, though, although it would help. You'll be, you'll be wanting to upgrade. Yeah, if, if you're not, if you're going to want to
1: be a general at least pretty soon.
0: If you won this, you would.
1: Yeah, I bet you can't guess what it is either. Um,
0: let me take a stab at it. I know that you can go to a particular web address, and you can get more details about it. And that is AmateurLogic.tv slash contest. Why would AmateurLogic be having a contest right now?
1: Well, you know, we've been around, we're we're the old kids on the block. yeah. <laughs> Probably More than, me, one yeah. than one way than one way than other <laughs> I mean, more than one way rather, but anyway, uh, it's our twelfth anniversary coming up in October. Mm-hmm. and uh, icom's kind enough to sponsor us along with some uh, some others uh, yep. MFj mm-hmm. and How Sound.
0: Yep, and you need to go to this address, this one right down here, amateurlogictv slash contest. there you'll get all the details, uh, a listing of the prizes. What you need to do to qualify, who uh, qualifies to enter, all your pertinent information right there. We'll run over some of it here briefly though. What is going to be our grand prize this year, Tommy? It's going to be an HF base station, complete setup. It
1: looks a lot like this one right here the
0: IC 7300. IC 7300
1: from ICOM. It's just a fairly new radio, it's got the uh, SDR.
0: Mm-hmm. and software-defined so radio. Really, really nice. Yeah, I think this is probably the hottest radio going right now in yeah. HF.
1: Yeah, I had one at the house for a while, and I was kind of mm-hmm. got kinda I, ill when I had to send it back. Yeah, the so same thing gonna happened It's going to be hard, to, hard yeah. to pry this from out of our hands, but <laughs> for you guys, we'll let it go.
0: Yep, somebody's going to win that. Of course, they're going to need an antenna to go with it as well, and we've got the MFJ 1835 5-band cobweb antenna. That's the antenna that you used at field day.
1: It is. You, and you know what? That's a, for such a small, compact antenna, that thing really
0: performed great. And it I, is it is small for an HF antenna, Yeah,
1: Yeah, I'm really happy with it. I'm actually considering putting up one of them up mm-hmm. at the house. So I've been having a lot of trouble keeping my wire antenna up.
0: Yep. So
1: that's... You know,
0: that's becoming a pretty popular antenna just because of the fact that it it can fit into a a small area. Yeah. It doesn't take a lot of room. You're also going to need a power supply. What have we got for that, Tommy?
1: Well, we've got the MFJ4230 MVP, 12-volt, 30-amp power supply. Hmm. Really compact. I like those things. It doesn't take a lot of space and uh, really puts out the power.
0: Small switching supply there. Works great. I've been using one of these uh, for fill day and any uh, portable operations I do for several years now. Mm-hmm. And anything that runs off 12 volts you see on the bench here, it's probably running off that one right there. And we got, uh, well, you're going to need some coax. What, what can we do there?
1: Well, also courtesy of MFJ, we've got 100 foot of RG8X coax.
0: That'll work just fine. And we got one other prize here that uh, our friend Bob Heil hooked us up with from nice. Heil Sound. It's the ProSET IC. It's an operating headset made just for ICOM rigs. Dual earpieces. It's got a phase reverse switch here on the side where you can select normal or reverse phase. And sometimes it'll help one signal pop out of a pileup up when you hit it to reverse, somebody will come to the top and you can work them.
1: Oh, nice.
0: Uh, so that's, that's why Bob added that feature that's on his, cool. his headsets. Also, it's got the microphone designed especially to work with ICOM rigs and uh, an adapter cable to fit ICOM rigs. So uh, thanks, HAL Sound, for supplying us with the ProSet IC here. Uh, thanks, Icom. MFJ Enterprises, and Hall Sound for making this contest yeah, possible. Absolutely.
1: Really appreciate all those guys.
0: Yep. And this is not the first year they've done it. We appreciate no, them. No,
1: they come through pretty know, well every year, year for us.
0: Year after year, you know, helping us put these contests together. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the qualifications. And you've got to be a U.S. or Canadian amateur radio operator with a U.S. or Canadian shipping address. We're just not equipped to do international contests, the, the laws are different in different countries concerning lotteries, and yeah. you know we're just not set up to where we can handle that. Sorry, uh, foreign viewers.
1: Okay. Well also, there's only one entry per contestant. Sending more than one entry disqualifies the applicant. So please don't spam the contest address. Right. Um, so only send one. Yeah, and you you will get so you for peace of mind you will get an email confirmation that we mm-hmm. did get get it. So it's not just going off into a black hole somewhere and may or may not have made yeah. it. So you'll you'll know.
0: And if for some reason you don't get that confirmation email, uh, check your, your spam folder on your mail program. Perhaps somehow, you know, the return email got, got blocked by a spam program. I haven't very, heard very, of that happening. Very
1: possible, though. But, you know,
0: it could. And the winner is going to be responsible for any taxes that might be incurred.
1: Uh, Also, the winner agrees to the use of his or her call sign and name in promotional and news items related to the contest.
0: And contestants must not be an employee or affiliate of Amateur Logic, ICOM, or MFJ Enterprises, or Heil Sound.
1: Email to contest2017 at amateurlogic.tv and send your call sign in the subject line. Include your name, call sign, class of license, and an address in the body of the email message.
0: And you've got to make your submissions between Wednesday, August 16th and Wednesday, October the 11th of 2017. So that means you got a little while yet to register. you yeah, still got a little
1: while, but mm-hmm. uh, don't wait till the last minute.
0: And we're going to select the winner uh, by a random number drawing. You know, we're going to go through all the entries that we get. The first thing we're going to do, though, is we're going to look, and if somebody's entered multiple times... Those are going to be purged so that you won't, no one will get an advantage from entering multiple ties. As a matter of fact, you'll get excluded from the contest. And a random drawing, and it's going to be announced on the October 15th episode
1: of Amateur Logic. If it's determined the winning entry does not meet the qualification requirements, another winner will be chosen by the same method.
0: And you can get all the contest rules and information. Uh, from AmateurLogic.tv slash contest. Go there, check them out, get a list of the the prizes and what you need to do to register.
1: Yeah.
0: Sign up, and good luck, and uh, hey, you know, happy birthday. Good
1: luck in the contest. Good luck
0: in the contest. Back to our questions tonight. We've got a few more band plan ones to go here before we get into a, a little electrical or electronic ciphering. Okay. First one here, I don't remember who asked the last one.
1: Um, I think I asked it to you.
0: All right. Well, I think I'll, I'll be happy to ask you this. What is the reason why many amateurs keep a station log? A, the ITU requires a log of all international contacts.
1: B, the ITU requires a log of all international third-party traffic.
0: C, the log provides evidence of operation needed to review excuse me C the log provides evidence of operation needed to renew a license without retest
1: or D to help with a reply if the FCC requests information Okay so the ITU doesn't require logs so that that's going to rule about both of those and you don't have to have evidence of operation to get a renewal for your license, that's going to pretty well make it D, which is the only one that makes sense anyway, to help Mm -hmm. with a reply if the FCC requests information. So if there's an interference complaint or something like that, then you've got uh, proof of when and where, frequencies Mm -hmm. you were on, so forth. How much power?
0: That's what everyone's saying over in the chat room, so that's the correct answer. Now, in my log... Um, I don't keep a log of all the contacts I make. I'll I'll put memorable ones in there. Uh, But I do put a lot of other details in there that that won't be mentioned in uh, the general rules here. I I put different things like when I put up a new antenna, what the SWR measured on it. You know, Any changes like that, I'll put them in my log also Mm -hmm. so that I've always got a reference. I can go back and see if anything's changed.
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. Mm-hmm.
0: But, uh, yeah, if you think you're going to need to remember a contact uh, or I would, you know, if you think it's going to be questionable that um, you might have to report to the FCC, then, yeah, you, you better put it in a log.
1: Yeah. It's
0: How not, is not you a, it's not tell a them.
1: bad practice to yeah. log them all anyway.
0: Well, it's not, but, I mean, if you make a lot of, a lot of contacts, common sense is most people are not going to do it. Yeah. If if it's a, a DX contact or a contact made in a contest or something, there's a good chance those are going to get logged. But, yeah.
1: uh, but yeah. that said, that is a good reason to keep a station log mm-hmm. in case the FCC needs yeah. information.
0: That is the answer you're going to need on the test right there. Okay, we got another question. You're going to check me on this one.
1: All right. What information is traditionally contained in a station log? A, date and time of contact.
0: B, band and or frequency of the contact.
1: C, the call sign of the station contacted and the signal report given.
0: And D, all of these choices
1: are correct.
0: And it's going to be D because there's no one thing there that you would want to leave out. You know, all of those uh, traditionally you'd put them in your log, and And
1: in your case, and some additional things.
0: Yeah, I put additional stuff in mine because uh, well, because I'm a broadcast engineer, and that's
1: that's what you do. That's
0: that's what we do. Yeah.
1: But it's not a bad idea though to log station changes, especially any kind of a major change. Mm
0: -hmm. It's, well, it's definitely not. It's a matter of fact. It's a good idea, but uh, that's not going to be on uh, on your exam. The co- the answer is that you know all of those choices there were correct. Yeah, and, and they make sense. Every one of them does. All right. I got a question for you. What is the amateur auxiliary to the FCC? Is it A, amateur volunteers who are formally enlisted to monitor the airways for rules violations?
1: B, amateur volunteers who conduct amateur licensing examinations?
0: C, amateur volunteers who conduct frequency coordination for amateur VHF repeaters?
1: Or D, amateur volunteers who use their station equipment to help civil defense organizations in times of emergency?
0: Hmm. Hmm, toughy, huh?
1: Yeah, I don't think it's a civil defense. It's not the I don't think it's a civil defense organization. But that's like uh, Mars Cap volunteers who conduct frequency exam frequency coordination. That's a frequency. Coordinators. I've never heard of them called aux, amateur auxiliary. And amateur licensing examinations—that's us. <laughs> yes, uh, so it's got to be—it's got to yeah. be a amateur volunteers who are formally enlisted to monitor the airwaves for rules violations.
0: Okay. Well, that's what everyone's saying um, in the chat room. You, go you know, I
1: don't recall ever really hearing that term though. But that's the one that makes sense for me.
0: Okay. Well, you were right. Oh, okay. Okay. Go figure. <laughs> well, have you got a similar question for me?
1: I probably do. It's <laughs> a good chance. Which of the following are objectives of the Amateur Auxiliary? A. To conduct efficient and orderly amateur licensing examinations.
0: B, to encourage self-regulation and compliance with the rules by radio amateur operators.
1: C, to coordinate repeaters for efficient and orderly spectrum usage.
0: Or D, to provide emergency and public safety communications. Which of the following are the objectives of the amateur auxiliary? Uh, well, it's not to provide emergency and public safety communications. There are other Amateur radio volunteer groups who do that, ARIES, um, a, a number of others, but they're not called amateur auxiliary. To coordinate repeaters, well, no, that's a uh, frequency coordinator. To conduct efficient and orderly amateur license examinations, no, that's a volunteer examiner. So that only leaves B to encourage self-regulation and compliance with the rules by radio amateur operators.
1: Yeah. That's which what it, is almost the same as the previous question. Mm-hmm. Very close.
0: That's what they're saying yeah. over in the chat room.
1: It must be true then.
0: It is. To encourage self regulation and compliance with the rules by radio amateur operators. And there's there's good reasons for this, you know? The FCC more or less put amateur radio out there and said, You guys Play by the rules and uh, help regulate each other. We're not going to do it. We're only going to get involved when it gets really serious. But we're counting on you to take the burden of ensuring that you know people comply with amateur radio rules. Mm-hmm. And it's just you know it's good measure because they don't the FCC doesn't have the resources right. to monitor you know nearly eight hundred thousand amateur radio operators.
1: Yeah, and most time, other amateurs do a pretty good job. Well, they do, for the most for the most part.
0: Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that you go on the frequency and if you hear somebody doing something, you call them out on it and uh, give them a thorough tongue lashing. That's not how it works.
1: <laughs> no, no, that's not how it works.
0: No, not at all. It, it's you know, as a matter of fact, um, they actually uh, if if they catch you or or happened over here, you're doing something wrong, usually you will uh, get something in the mail saying, hey, we noticed on such and such a day that, you know, you talked for three hours without IDing or, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. So, you know, th- it's kind of done in a, in a friendly manner. You don't get a fine from that. It's just a notice mm-hmm. that, uh, you know, um, a notice of parent rules violation uh, that, hey, you know, um be aware of this. If you continue to do it though, yeah, you might, you know, get somebody to drive up in a white van and knock on your door.
1: Um, that's possible.
0: And that that would be um the friendly candy company in that <laughs> case. Okay, one more question here. <clears throat> and you can see now that we're out of the band truck questions, Tommy. Well, yeah. I'm not gonna say that's all there was because they I keep don't creeping make that up mistake. every month. Yep. Yeah.
1: I wouldn't be surprised if another one or two didn't creep in there next month.
0: What skills learned during hidden transmitter hunts are of help to the amateur auxiliary? A. Identification of -of out-of-band operation.
1: B. Direction finding used to locate stations violating FCC rules.
0: C. Identification of different call signs.
1: Or D. Hunters have an opportunity to transmit on non-amateur frequencies. Okay, this is this one's mine. It's mm-hmm. not D. We don't have opportunity to transmit on non-amateur frequencies. No. Mm-hmm. It's not C. Identification of different call signs. I think it's going to be B. So let's look at a uh, identification of out-of-band operation. That's not something you would find on a fox hunt. Mm-hmm. Direction B. Direction finding used to locate direction. Locate stations violating FCC rules is going to be the answer. So in a fox hunt, they hide the transmitter, It's usually mm-hmm. low powered, and people get a uh, real narrow beam antennas and go out and triangulate and find it, and that's what you would same same method you would use. If you had somebody having a key down contest over top of somebody <laughs> or whatever.
0: Yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> a violator. A violator.
0: a vi- <laughs> Yep, direction finding used to locate stations violating FCC rules. Um, yeah, you know, a uh, hidden transmitter hunt would be great for that or, or possibly finding someone in distress. Yeah, know, absolutely. That that would be a, another good skill. Those are called fox hunts quite often.
1: Mm-hmm. And pe- people are really good at that, you know. So yeah. if, if, if somebody's out there doing, you know, doing some type of violation like that, people are really good at finding it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yep. Okay, we've got some more questions to go yet. First, we're going to take a break, uh, get a message from one of our sponsors, and uh, who knows, maybe even a little Easter egg here. Okay. Are you new to the ham world or an existing amateur operator who wants to take your license to the next level? Study for your radio license exam at hamstudy.org. Hamstudy.org is a free online learning tool powered by ICOM. It was created by Richard Bateman, KD7BBC, Michael Stufflebeam KV9G, and Rich Porter, KK6GKE, and it uses a modern web design to enhance the experience of studying for your technician, general, and amateur extra exams. Since 2013, HamStudy.org has helped new and existing hams to familiarize himself with the question pools, Use stats-based flashcards to focus on material they need to learn and take practice exams to gauge progress. Visit hamstudy.org on your desktop computer or mobile device. Register for a free account at hamstudy.org to access personalized study history and other site features. Prepare for an exam in an intuitive and comprehensive manner. Check out hamstudy.org, powered by ICOM, for free learning tools. Good luck on your next exam.
2: Radio Shack has a super half-price deal now on an 8-track car stereo tape player. Regularly $59.95, now just $29.95. You save $30 and get your choice of music wherever you drive. Put stereo 8-track players in two cars for the regular price of one. Or buy one and have enough money left over for car speakers and your first tape. Get on the road to savings now with this sale-priced realistic 8-track car stereo tape player. Only at Radio Shack, a Tandy company. Leading television experts, cameramen, soundmen, engineers choose Motorola. Leading television stars like Ruth Hussey, Edward Arnold, and Lorraine Day say... See me at my best. See me on a Motorola. Your eye tells why Motorola gives clearer, sharper pictures. For example, only Motorola has Glare Guard, the curved screen that eliminates up to 98% of all reflected glare. You'll find Glare Guard on the beautiful new Motorola's Stunning consoles, handsome combinations, 18 fashion award-winning cabinet styles, like this Motorola Modern in Elsa Maxwell's smartly-styled apartment. On the other hand, you may prefer traditional furniture. You'll find no lovelier television cabinet styles than those created by Motorola. Motorola TV, the only television set to receive the Fashion Academy Award for Beauty of Cabinet Design. Well, after all, when decorating your home, one of your first considerations must be the style and placing of your television set. Every Motorola, four-way combination, stunning compact, big screen table model, or any one of the handsome television consoles. Whichever cabinet you choose will add to the beauty of your home. One of the reasons is Motorola's extreme care in selecting only the finest mahogany or rich-grained limed oak. Another reason, the painstaking finishing process, all done by hand, that gives your Motorola that soft, rich luster. The proof is in the seeing your dealer will gladly give you a free home demonstration of Motorola TV. Ask him about the truly generous trade-ins for your old set or even your old radio. And the terms are easy. 65 weeks to pay the balance after a small down payment. Yes, for years of outstanding performance and beauty, your eye tells why leading television stars like Lorraine Day say, See me at my best. See me on a Motorola. Motorola TV.
1: Motorola TV. Boy, that takes me back to the old days when we were in black and white. Yeah, you know, I'd kind of forgotten we had been doing amateur logic for that long. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: As a matter of fact, I don't know that I've ever watched a Motorola television.
1: No, I don't know that I have either.
0: Could have, but I don't remember. But it
1: had a really clear picture for that old.
0: It did, and it had the... uh, the glare guard on it, too. That's it almost good still, as good as drizzle guard. It was it? so clear. Yeah. Well, we got one more thing we want to talk to before we uh, wind up the last group of questions here. And that is an event that is coming up. See, this is August. It's coming up next month. Oh, yeah. It's our friends at MFJ Enterprises up in Starkville are celebrating the 45th anniversary. You know, we're celebrating 12 years on Amateur Logic. But Martin and the crew has been at at 45 years Wow! Here. Yeah. That,
1: that's a feat in itself.
0: It is. Uh, it's the uh, AWRL Day in the Park and MFJ 45th Anniversary Celebration. Uh, come and join them on September 29th and 30th in Starkville, Mississippi. I'll be there. Tommy, you're going to be there. I'll be there. Too, aren't you? Yep. They got free prizes from MFJ, Ameritron, Cushcraft, High Game, Mirage, Vectronics, Uh, They're going to have the drawings on September 30th at 2 p.m., and you do have to be there to win. Uh, they got free factory tours, don't they?
1: They do. Interesting educational tours for the whole family at MFJ, Ameritron, Cushcraft, High Gain, Mirage, Victronics, MFJ Metal Shop. Those are Friday, September 29th at 8 a.m. to 4.30 p.m., and Saturday the 30th from 7 a.m. until noon. And those right there make it worth
0: while to attend if not for everything else that is um, those factories are amazing to walk through and just see how they assemble all the different products yeah
1: the uh i said it last time but i'll say it again though those videos from when you went before and did the factory tour videos Mm -hmm. those are some of uh some of the most watched videos we've had yep yeah, very popular. Yeah. So, I, so you can see it in person.
0: I've been to this event twice, and I'm going back again this year. You know, it's it's that much fun. Uh, free lunch, Mississippi Southern Fried Chicken and the Fixings at McKee Park on uh, Saturday, September 30th, 12 to 2. Bring your own lawn chair uh, because, yeah, the, the, they will fill up. There won't be any place to sit down. Yeah. Yeah. When you get ham seating chicken. You know, that, <laughs> that yep. fills it up. It,
1: it draws the crowd. Okay, they also have free tailgating, haggling deal in the MFJ parking lot, and also at McKee Park. From, that's on the 30th from 7 a.m. Mm-hmm. until 2 p.m.
0: And Arnie's Club is going to be there giving FCC lockings exams, uh, the Lowndes County Amateur Radio Club, VEs. So bring your government photo ID and $15 in American Money Cash. That'll be uh, Saturday, September 30th at 9 a.m. You need to try to make it to start If there's any way you can do it, if you're within range, uh, this is going to be a great event. You don't want to miss it. MFJ's 45th anniversary. Go to mfjenterprises.com slash The link right here on the screen because you do need to register. You know, they need to know how much chicken mm-hmm. uh, they're going to need.
1: Yeah, that's uh, it's going to be a big time. I, unfortunately, I don't think I'm going to be able to make it for Friday, but I will be there when they open up Saturday morning. I'll just have to drive in Friday mm-hmm. evening. You'll be there Friday, though. I, you.
0: I am planning to be there Friday. If, if there's any way I can, I'm going to be there Friday. Uh, I, I talked to Wayne. You know, Wayne and I went to uh, Huntsville, this past weekend, and uh we were talking about that on the way over there you know we're we're both planning on being there, and I'm sure you will you see a lot of hams there mm-hmm. Arnie will be there,
1: yeah, I went to a club meeting in Dallas, and somebody from there is actually planning on coming over to it, it so
0: it's worth it, you know mm-hmm. Dallas what eight hours away
1: uh from there, yeah, probably so
0: okay it's. You you know, you're going to enjoy this as much as you would any ham fest. Uh, It's just that interesting. Okay, back into the questions here.
1: Which of the following components should be added to an existing resistor to increase the resistance? A, a resistor in parallel. B,
0: a resistor in series.
1: C, a capacitor in series. Or D,
0: a capacitor in parallel. Which of the following comp- components should be added to an existing resistor to increase the resistance? Well, that's pretty simple, Tommy. You're going to need a series resistor because you add resistors in series and that increases their value. Mhm. So, simple enough on that one. We covered that last time. We did. But this week we're going to talk about capacitors. Which of the following components should be added to a capacitor to increase the capacitance, A, an inductor in series,
1: B, a resistor in series,
0: C, a capacitor in parallel,
1: or D, a capacitor in series. Okay, mm. so the off-the-cuff thing, if, if you didn't know better, and the last one was had uh, a ser- resistor in series, you would almost think capacitor in series, but that's not how that works. So D is not going to be the answer. An inductor in series is not going to be the answer. And a resistor in series with the capacitor is not going to be the answer. So I'm going with C, a capacitor in parallel.
0: And that's what most everybody is saying over in the chat room there. I'll agree with you, capacitor in parallel.
1: Okay, I I, I really like to go through these and, and reason them out, but I just don't really know how to reason that out for people it's just something you kind of have to to learn
0: well then let me help you here are
1: you going to help me reason it out i
0: want to help you do some reasonizing (laughs) (laughs) and i I do want to mention one thing there a an inductor in series that that wouldn't increase the value of capacitance what would it do though what if you put a uh, inductor in series with a capacitor
1: I'm thinking it'll increase the voltage, but I'm not sure.
0: No. It'll, uh, actually, it'll counteract that capacitor because an inductance oh, really? is right the opposite of capacitance. So, yeah, they will counteract each other. But it's the wrong answer anyway. So, Parallel capacitors, the formula is the same as it was with resistors in series. Your formulas are exactly the opposite on capacitors from what they are for resistors. If you put capacitors in parallel, you're adding the capacitance. The sum, of the,
1: su- yeah. the sum of all the ones that are in parallel.
0: Two capacitors in parallel, you're going to have C1 plus C2 will give you C total. Two capacitors in series, you would think like resistors that they add up. Nope, it's right the opposite. That's where you use that formula we had last week that, or last month that caused so much trouble. Mm-hmm. Remember 1 over the reciprocal of C1 plus the reciprocal of C2. You take 1 divided by C1 and you add that to 1 divided by C2. Get that number, then you take 1 and divide it by that number using reciprocals there. That'll give you the C total for capacitors in series. You know you never know when you're going to need a pair of 100 microfarad capacitors.
1: It's a good thing they just so happen to be exactly they're the just, same values.
0: Just so happen to be, and and the you know larger value capacitors like like these, hundred microfarads, even you know, come down as low as uh, one microfarad, they're polarized most of them, and if you look here, one leg is marked minus, uh, the other leg doesn't have any marking. Sometimes it might have a plus on it
1: process of elimination yep. lead you to think that's probably the positive side, though.
0: Yep. So if it is a polarized capacitor, you want to be sure when you put it in the circuit, you put it in the right direction. Both of these say 100 microfarad on the sides. So let's just measure it. I'm going to put the black lead here on the negative. The red lead on the positive. Flip her on on the 200 microfarad scale there. Well, how about that? It's ninety-two microfarads.
1: What's the tolerance on that? Ten percent. Uh,
0: I'm not sure on these particular capacitors here. Um, could be a little tighter than that. I well, don't. It doesn't
1: look to be tighter.
0: Oh, I don't know what the tolerance is on my uh, expensive Tenma capacitor checker either. Oh, okay. It's only about twenty years old, and probably cost thirty bucks back then. So it's not. <laughs> Not the most accurate capacitor checker in the world, but let's let's check another one. And see, maybe that was just a uh, an odd capacitor there. Maybe it's off a little bit. Well, we'll check another hundred microfarad. Hmm, almost exactly the same thing. Ninety-two microfarads. Okay, well that's that's fine. That's close enough. That's within ten percent. Okay, so if we take two of these. And we hook them in parallel. I'm going to take the two negatives, tie them together. And we'll tie the two positives together. Okay, there you go. They're they're hooked in parallel. Positive, positive, negative to negative. We'll look it on our meter here. What do you think it's going to read, Tommy? These I are parallel.
1: It? Mm-hmm. It's going to read fifty uh, percent. No, parallel. No, it's not. It's going to be two hundred or close to two hundred.
0: Right, it'll be ninety-two. It's going to be one hundred eighty-four. Look at there. The theory works. It does work. The formula works. Okay. How how does How's that opposite of resistors? Well, if you think about it this way, you're putting them in parallel. You know, a capacitor is just a uh, two groups of plates kind of almost touching each other, kind of interwoven there, but not quite touching each other. If you put two capacitors in parallel, you're putting twice as many of those plates beside each other. Okay. So it's increasing the capacitance. So a, a good way to remember... That is, is why the is like the opposite of resistors.
1: Okay. All
0: right. That's well, cool. let's let's try it the other way here. We're going to take uh, these and put them in series. I'm going to take the positive of one of them, hook them to the negative of the other one, and let's see. We'll only need one lead for this. Oh, yeah. So, in series this time. And
1: you just got a double expensive fifty microfarad capacitor.
0: Yep, forty six microfarads. Pretty cool. Yep, twice, twice that would be ninety two. So, they well, in this case, since there's only two capacitors, they're the same value. Uh, you know, it's going to be exactly half of what whatever that value was. So, uh, there we just proved out that the formulas work. What is the capacitance? Of three 100 microfarad capacitors connected in series. Connected in series. Is it A, point three zero microfarads?
1: B, 0.33 microfarads?
0: C, 33.3 microfarads?
1: Or D, 300 microfarads? Hmm, what do you think? Well, three in series... Is going to be the value of the. It's thirty-three point three.
0: Well, I was hoping you would, you would do some splaining.
1: Splaining? Yeah. One hundred divided by three. That's not the long math. That's that's not that's the timing the, w- the math.
0: Yeah, that's not the way you're supposed to do it.
1: But it I mean, that works
0: if they're all the same value. But if they're not, but which they, would be the case. Well, but they were in this system. Okay, if they're all the same value, I'll give you that. That works. Okay.
1: Okay, okay so what's the, what's the formula? Uh, I don't remember. All right. It's 1 mm-hmm.
0: divided by divided by 100. 100.
1: All
0: right, 0.01.
1: I can probably remember that. But.
0: All right. So you need to add that together three <clears throat> times since you got three capacitors. Well, that is a different calculator, isn't it? Yep. 0.03. Okay. Now you need to say 1 divided by 0.03, 33.3.
1: 33.3. The Gazentas don't lie. You know, you, you got that right. You knew right off
0: what, what the answer was. So we're going to have to make them a little bit tougher here.
1: Uh-oh. <laughs> what is the equivalent capacitance of two 5.0 nanofarad capacitors and one 750 picofarad capacitor connected in parallel? This is the single right here.
0: Yeah, between DECA and DECI. That's where units would be, or just a standard base 10 number. If you went up from that um, by uh, one digit, you would go up uh, to DECA by uh, two zeros, hecto, three would be kilo that we're talking about, of values you might see on a resistor. Six would be mega, nine would be giga, 12, tera. And that's the ones you, that you probably need to remember. Is three is kilo, six is mega, nine is giga, and 12 is tera. Okay. All right, that's how many zeros are behind whatever the base number is. If you go in the negative direction, uh, minus one would be desi, and the only reason I, that one's highlighted yellow is because of decibels. That's that's the only reason you would need that one. Uh, but coming on down, uh, if you move the decimal places, three places to the left, you've got milli. Six places to the left would be micro. Nine places would be nano. Twelve would be pico. So just remember: three milli, six micro, nine nano, twelve pico. Those are the most common metric prefixes that you need to remember. So you might look up a chart like this and study it,
1: and get a headache. And
0: uh, yeah, but you're going to need that headache. Yeah. You know, you'll you'll need to know this stuff. When
1: you get the chart, you get you some Tylenol.
0: Yep. What is the equivalent capacitance of two five nanofarad capacitors? And one seven hundred and fifty picofarad capacitors connected in parallel. Two five nanofarad. Let's let's visualize that. These are in parallel. All right, five nanofarad. There's two five nanofarad capacitors. And the other one is what, 750 750 picofarads. And all of these are connected in parallel. Since they're in parallel here, that's going to be putting more plates on both sides like we talked about earlier. So I'm going to add these together.
1: hmm
0: Well, the, some the of the variable? answers are nanofarads, some are picofarads. Yeah, so
1: we've got to figure out which one matches.
0: All right. So let's say 5 nanofarads, and I'm going to add to that 5 nanofarads. And then I'm going to add to that 75 picofarads. Well, the decimal place is right here.
1: That's 750 picofarads.
0: Okay. There you go. There's a zero. All right. 750. All right. So I'm going to need to move that decimal place to convert that picofarads to nanofarads. One, two, three. So 750 picofarads is the same as 0.75 nanofarads. So 5 and 5 is 10 plus... uh, 10.75 10.75 nanofarads, that's going to be 10 my point answer.
1: 10.75, yep. There you, you go. Right. I was right. Yeah, that one That one made sense. It was actually pretty straightforward.
0: Mm-hmm. You just got to know how to do the uh, metric conversions there. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was a little more complicated since some of your values were in nanofarads and some were in picofarads. Uh-huh. But study the chart, learn that, and you'll get these Okay, so I'm going to ask you a series one here, just to keep it simple. What is the capacitance of a 20 microfarad capacitor connected in series? (laughs) I'm not really making it simple, am I? No, you're not. (laughs) What is the capacitance of a 20 microfarad capacitor connected in series with a 50 microfarad capacitor? Okay. If we looked at that right here, 20... And a 50. Oh, right. And they're connected in series, and they're both microfarads. So that's divided by
1: 20, I think.
0: Okay, 0.05. Divided by, what was
1: it, 50? Mm-hmm. 1. 1. 14.3 B.
0: So you're saying it's B. So
1: I'm saying it's B. It is B. I graduated from school a long time ago, man. Yeah, y'all weren't. Of course, I'm back in college now. Yeah, I'm in Ham College. So, well, it works. It's it's really simple Mm -hmm. formula if you know what the formula is.
0: Yep. You have to be careful though because. Some of those wrong answers on there, if you calculate it the wrong way, you're going to come up with most of those wrong answers one way or another. Oh, yeah. So, you know, they just, they're they're that tricky. Unless you
1: come up with
0: 25. Yeah, unless you come up with 25. (laughs) Then you look out and you know it's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, An interesting point that was made over in the chat room here, when you're putting those in series, the value is always going to be less than the smallest capacitor you got. Okay. All right, so you got a 20 microfarad capacitor and a 50. You know the answer with them in series. It's got to be less than a 20. In that case, the only choice was 14.3. But
1: 0.07 is less than 20, but it's a lot less.
0: Well, yeah, it's a lot less. So you did need to do the ciphering after
1: all. Yeah. What is the value in nanofarads of a 22,000 picofarad capacitor? A 0.22 nanofarads
0: B 2.2 nanofarads C
1: 22 nanofarads
0: or D 220 nanofarads. 22,000 picofarads, how many nanofarads would it be? All I got to do is move my decimal place. Three places to a left, right there. So I'm gonna say
1: 22 nanofarads.
0: 22 nanofarads. C, C. Am I right?
1: Um, I guess so.
0: Yep. Easy enough. Now we only went between picofarads and nanofarads here, so, um, you know, you could also have it to microfarads. So what you got to learn from your chart there is picofarad is to the negative 12 nanofarad is to the negative 9 microfarad is to the negative 6 so you just got to move that decimal place to the left or the right and it's always when we're talking about capacitors and and usually uh other components too it's usually always three places you're moving either left or right depending on which conversion you're making What is the value in microfarads of a 4,700 nanofarad capacitor? A, 47
1: microfarads. B, 0.47 microfarads. C, 47,000 microfarads. Or D, 4.7 microfarads.
0: you want some pen and
1: paper? I can move three points in my head. It's going to be D, 4.7 microfarads.
0: Well, let's see, because it's easier for people to remember if we write it out. Okay. All right, you said it's forty-seven
1: hundred. I believe it's going to be four point seven. All right,
0: it's forty-seven hundred microfarad or nanofarads. We want to move it to microfarad here. One, two, three.
1: So four point seven.
0: That is correct. I like the way that you just you just did that right in your head right there.
1: Yes, almost so that I could see it.
0: Yep. I like if it's on an exam. To put it down on a piece of paper like that, I'd make darn sure that
1: yeah
0: it's, is making sense to me. Well, that's, that's probably
1: a best practice.
0: Yeah,
1: actually, I'm sure it's the best practice.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, unless you just do it every day and you, it's all happening. And, and if you're
1: it's doing easy doing the to exam, make mistakes. you probably don't.
0: It, true. Yeah, so that was all the questions for tonight. But I'm just going to ask you uh, a question here. Let's say I got a 10 microfarad capacitor. How many picofarads would that be?
1: How many picofarads? That mm-hmm. would be ten thousand picofarads. How many nanofarads? That's
0: that's ten pic, That's a ten microfarads. Microfarads. All right. And you want to change it to picofarads?
1: Ten million. That's not
0: microfarads is what to the negative six? Yeah. All right. So and picofarads is to the negative twelve. twelve. So that's all right. Six so years. you're going to yeah. You're going to add ten, six zeros. Ten million. Ten million. Boy, that's...
1: It didn't seem right. That's why I was kind of guessing, guessing
0: myself. Yeah. a yeah. little chart comes in handy there. I just happen to remember a lot of that from school. So. Uh, but you normally, use this stuff a yeah, lot, Yeah, well, I, you know, I use it a lot. But if you don't, you know, these charts are on the Internet. It's so much easier today. I would In the old days, I would have had to pull out a book and look this up. Oh yeah. Yep. Matter of fact, I've got a Radio Shack data book in there that's just all marked up with pencil and crayons, crayons. from from when I was in school, and that's you know, that's the way you you did it. You yeah, know, to, it's to neat sure. stuff.
1: And I, like you know, mm-hmm. I never I've been a ham for a long time, and and I've only done just a very minimal of electronic stuff, and I'm really just you're, now kind of getting starting, starting to get, get, get into, into it. it a little yeah. bit. So. I'm, I've been looking a lot of stuff up, you know, on my mm-hmm. own.
0: We, you've been talking about mm-hmm. uh, possibly buying a real scope and yeah. function I'm, generator. I'm
1: gonna buy one. I just got to pick out the one and, I want.
0: And asking some good questions about that stuff too. Yeah. So you know, who yes. knows? Yeah. Do join yeah. us here in a couple of weeks for the next episode of Amateur
1: Logic. Yeah, uh, should be fun. Yep. Yeah. If you haven't sent in your contest entry. For the 12th anniversary contest, be sure to go online and do that.
0: Yeah, amateurlogic.tv slash contest. Uh, if you have done it, though, don't do it again and, and disqualify yourself. You're you're in there. If you've got a doubt about and you you think you're registered but you just can't remember, email one of us and ask yeah, us. Yeah, we can, you know, we'll we can check. Yeah. All right, 730. All right, seven three all. See you again next month. So,
1: through everybody. the upper frequency and on frequencies below 7.3 megahertz. It's...
0: See those things right there? Yeah. I don't know I mean, if work for that works at that distance. That's
1: for wimpy yeah. wimping out. Right. <clears throat> or D, the upper frequency and...
2: End.
0: <laughs> I'm pointing at a... If you will load up that slide right there.
1: Is that what that means?
0: That's what that means when Uh, I I point at the the thing that's highlighted yellow. (laughs) Well,
1: you should have drawn a picture. Yeah. It said load up the picture.
0: Series capacitors. There is... Come on, be serious. Yep. There... That is not right.
1: Uh Uh-oh.
0: Hmm. No, it's not. That's not right at all. Where did you find that?
1: (laughs) On the disc (laughs) you gave me.